great to have you speaking to the Sound Architect. Thanks Good for to speaking be here. to us today. Uh, very excited to be speaking to you at EGX Rest in Birmingham. So you're on the exhibition stand for Tango Fiesta. Yep. Tango Fiesta isn't the only one that you've composed for no. today, is it? You've got a few others on the floor. Uh, yeah, Tell there's, there's uh, five other games on the floor. There's Gunslugs, Light, Tango Fiesta, uh, Mega Coin Squad from Big Pixel and Deep Loot Fantastic. on the floor. Uh, and there's actually uh, I'm couple more which aren't here which are kind of on the back burner on in production at the moment so oh, fantastic so lots on the go there very yes. busy man yes very busy very, man. very busy man at the moment yes so yeah it's just so happened that all, all these games have been shown um at, at the show at the same time despite all having very different development periods and some have been literally only worked on in the last couple of months some where i finished the music on over a year ago right and they're just here so it, it's all worked out very well like that so it's been good so have you been involved at different stages of the process then? Has that been because you've written the music and they've been polishing it up and finishing on the development side yeah. before it's been released and other ones you've done the music and that's been kind of the final element? Uh, yeah, it's completely like that. And there is also a lot of, um, you know, studios have to do work for hire themselves as well as developing Definitely, their own yeah. IP. So their development time is drawn out over quite a long process because they are switching backwards and forwards between their own project and... You know their own client work effectively, yeah. um, and you know I, sometimes you do a chunk of work, and then there'll be a three-month period where you may not really hear much more about the game. Um, you know, some developers want to get you involved, you get sent some protesting, and then there'll be another intense two months at the end where you have to redo some stuff, tweak other little bits, and, and stuff like that. So it's it's good. It's good. Cool. Sounds good. So we'll start with Tango Fiesta. How yep. did you get involved in the project? Um, well, I've known, um, when I first started getting into games actually, I contacted Andrew Smith, so Spill Milk Studios, um, kind of out of the blue, uh, just before Game City, and uh, kind of basically tagged along with him, so yeah. kind of hadn't really been anywhere, I was like, will you show me around? And he was really lovely, and was just like, yeah, just come on up, it'd be great, be friendly. Uh, and I also met Andrew Roper uh, oh, there nice. uh, at the same time, and I think that might be the first time he'd met um, Spill Milk. Um, so from then on we kind of kept in touch, uh, I did little pieces of work for some um, Spilt Milk games which are ongoing pieces of development and then we had a Royal Society game jam I think last summer and that's when the team kind of first got assembled so obviously it's Andrew and Andrew and then Ewan who does the art and myself doing the audio and we had a great time doing it. Um, it looks like quite a fun kind of project to be yeah, involved in. Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, the Royal Society was something different. It was all about um, climate change and it was mm. done in London. It was every day. It was quite good fun. Uh, um, and so from that, we had a sort of team we enjoyed. And then there was the Game Jam at, at Rest uh, last year, Creative Assembly one. And again, Spielmilk Andrew came along and said, hey, guys, do you fancy doing another jam? So we did it. Uh, the 80s was drawn out of the hat as a topic. <laughs> and that was kind of how we got... So you've got, got the best topic, obviously. Yeah, the 80s. We, before, yeah. before we started, we, we all sat down. It's like, right, um, you know, the other guy, I can't listen to music while I'm working for obvious reasons, but yeah, the other yeah. guys love to listen to music. So they were getting a playlist together. And they were like, what should we listen to? Let's get some 80s tunes on the go. And then we said, wouldn't it be great if 80s was the theme of the game jam? And then they pulled it out the hat, and it was the 80s. And we thought, this is just all coming together to very be, yeah. nicely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how we we got together as a team initially um, and how I got involved in the project and then it's kind of been an ongoing keep the story short but we did a couple more jams off our own back to polish it up a little bit more and then um, Andrew approached publishers one of who were Mastertronic and they, they loved, loved the idea and gave us a go ahead Fantastic so it's all been go from there really Yeah it's been very intense kind of seven or eight weeks um, since we had the full go ahead I mean we've been working a little bit on it beforehand 
but then as soon as we had that done, it was like, right, let's really go for it. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. Definitely. Cool, man. So your approach to this must have been a very cheesy 80s action kind of approach with Tango Fiesta. <laughs> Yeah, it, the level you've got on display is very commando, isn't it? Oh, well, very predator. Uh, sorry. The one's predator. predator. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I know we were having a chat before about it, but it, it it's essentially we we are gonna base six to eight levels, I think, on set movies, and so for each one, I am listening to the soundtrack from that from that movie and basically doing my own version of it, so I can take elements, uh, the commando piece of music for that that level when it comes um, it's got steel drums in it right? Yeah. because everyone knows the film you listen to it and it's got a lot of steel drums in it and saxophone and flutes and stuff so I'm using all those instruments and keeping kind of similar tempos to those original um, movie pieces but then trying to do my own version there's a fine line between copying and um pastiching something to, to that kind of extent so are you doing any homages to the themes have you kind of subtly put a few things in there are you thinking about that for maybe I mean what kind of levels are coming up for example what films are they going to be oh, loosely based on? We've got Predator and Commando, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think there's plans potentially from Mad Max. Um, I mean, a lot of them are films, you know, we're still narrowing down. There's things like Running Man. There's a lot of Arnie 80s kind of films. Running Man. Yeah, I, 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 I want to. <laughs> I'm a massive Arnie fan, and if you do the Running Man, I'll be they're, extremely they're, happy. They're with all that. kind of like. <laughs> Take you take your the cheesiest '80s blockbuster action films, and, and they're all Arnie films, really. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of picking. I mean, there is, I, I believe, there's plans because um, we hope to put it on early access in May. That That's we then sort of let the community, perhaps, if they come up with suggestions or people come to us and say we'd love to see this done in the game, then we, if if possible, we will do that, and that will sculpt further levels to the rest of the game. So Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to reviewing it when it comes out as well, so we'll <laughs> do a full interview with yourself then. Yeah, of course. So how has the whole EGX Rest experience been so far for you? Halfway there, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's good. It's um, it's tiring, obviously. Everyone says that. Uh, you're on your feet a lot Everyone of Everyone seems to have this fixed smile on of like, <laughs> I am fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's kind of suffering under the same boat of time. Yeah. But it's, it's fantastic seeing people come in... Um, play your game uh, even just playing any game you know that all the games on the floor there's a lot of just nice people to talk to around there's good developers and uh, a nice sort of sense of community spirit um, mm. it's, it's really good fun really good fun the only problem we've had so far is not finding any to eat last night that was yeah. <laughs> oh, that must have been awful <laughs> everywhere shutting really early so have you got any other events coming up um, not that I know of not uh, I mean Andrew Smith spilt milk again he sort of um as well as overseeing the design and all that element of the game does with sort of the marketing and yeah. sort of pro uh, managing it and everything like that. So he's probably got plans. Um, I personally will probably go to Game City this year. Obviously, there's developing Brighton, and we, we're looking to, to show as many people the game as possible, yeah, really. So if there's an invite and we can, we'll, we'll be there. Cool. So we missed the developer talk session. Obviously, we're very sad about it because we heard about keytar <laughs> yes. appearance. <laughs> so you were just rocking out on the keytar. There was a little, little few. Did you talk about the, the composition side, or did you just keep no, playing? No, it, it was uh, no, it was uh, <laughs> it was more um, talks sort of based around how the game came out of the game jam because it was at Res last year that it happened, um, and the keytar was just it was just a good prop to have. It's yeah. People associated with the '80s, and I was able to play sort of a. Uh, a few slides went out with different movies on them and I was able to play little riffs from the movies and have you managed to make any other developer sessions 
I haven't myself, no, no unfortunately. Obviously too, um, too busy on the stands. Yeah, too busy on, on the stands, manning yeah. it. And I mean, I'd like to get around and play some more games. Hopefully I'll get a chance to. But Yeah, definitely. Um, every time you sort of think, oh, I'll, I'll not man the stand, it suddenly gets busy with yeah. people talking there. So you kind of got to... It's always really the old cliche, I'll just go and get a drink. Yeah. And then loads of people <laughs> yeah. turn. Yeah, so you kind of got to keep on your toes a little bit. So, yeah. yeah, I think yesterday was probably the day for it. Um, but we didn't, I, I certainly didn't get around to playing any games yesterday. So it wasn't well, good. I was just curious as to your perspective in general then of the uh, the event. As, uh, obviously, we're very biased for game audio and audio in general. Yeah. But do you find that even at developers' talks and things like that, the audio is kind of a bit of a byproduct that no one really kind of talks about very often? There's never many many people doing a little section on the audio, I yeah, find. Yeah, I, I find... I mean, the thing with a, a show floor here and, and anywhere, really, is, is that it's very noisy and it's almost... It's like being in one... Yeah, well, it's a gigantic arcade sort of thing, you know. You've got those constant... And it's they're lo- it's a lovely atmosphere because all those noises are quite... I don't know, obviously, around you being young and being in the arcade, yeah. you know, it's still going on now. Um, so there is an element... Uh, I'm watching people play the game and... Um, it's difficult to hear the sounds and no one's really commenting on that but at the same time you get some games people sit and play headphones I mean different soundtracks or different games have different audio needs I suppose yeah. um, I think game audio is within certain crowds is becoming a, a lot more I don't want to say respected but um, it's on the rise isn't it game audio yeah I mean especially people the, are noticing it especially with more and more um, soundtracks coming out from indie games and they will yeah. often um, sell as well as the game or be a selling point of the game yeah. it's like, I you mean know. you look at Journey you know? yep exactly well, it's well, a, an amazing incident one you know it was the first um, game score nominated for, uh, for a Grammy um, yeah. Journey well, I think was a real turning, turning point um, in terms of sales in terms of taking audio actually that is part of the game and taking it away from the game and it's still being absolutely fantastic and that's yeah, the difference yeah. you got something which you can listen to stick onto a CD in your car and it have an experience away from the game well, and that's still as has progressed now isn't yeah. it from the old games where it would only fit in that setting and you would yeah. only hear it while playing the game now yeah. people are choosing choosing to, to listen, listen to it outside the game outside yeah and, uh, and that kind of almost ties into movie experiences in some ways oh, because you know yeah. people have a great movie soundtrack and you have associations and feelings and all that kind of stuff so it's you know but at the same time different games are quite different things I mean as, as a composer you will always kind of hope that you get that really emotive big project perhaps you can really get your teeth stuck into but yeah. at the same time doing a project where it's just fun and arcadey and you know maybe you're not doing an emotion you're just supporting a, a general atmosphere uh, or play, a way to play the game it can be just as good um, it's still just as needed I think it's doing, yeah, doing all the other stuff so well, kind of on the other end of the spectrum then, this is something that's kind of been cropping up in the game audio community for a while, especially with film composers such as Lorne Balfe and people getting yep. involved in things like Beyond Two Souls. Do you think that games should create, kind of keep a sort of barrier there where they retain their individualism, where the fact there's, there's too many scores that are becoming very Hollywood, very trying to capture that film epic score, and do you think we should kind of retain a bit of the game value and kind of keep it? very video game orientated or do you think they're going to blend and all become very very similar because they're already very similar to, yeah, to film I scores think, um, I think a lot of that comes down to production values um, I think I think there's been an improvement in production values recently and that has actually helped bring bring games perhaps in line with yeah. with the big Hollywood because of the, the, the budgets involved um, it's a difficult area, isn't it? Because you want to be composing bigger and better scores the more you 
I, I would say but... that, that there is a lot of you know do do something like Hans Zimmer you know as yeah. a composer I get that a lot and you know I'm not Hans a lot of people like <laughs> then bash Hans Zimmer no I love his music absolutely amazing composer oh, um, phenomenal yeah Fantastic. but at the same time you know I, if someone says that to me do something like Hans Zimmer if the game if I will obviously advise it's a developing decision at the end of the day but if I don't think that's right for the game I will say yeah. that there is an element of that don't just try and shoehorn the big Hollywood sound in yeah. there because you think that's popular that's what it is yeah. Yeah. get what you think you know and it's only my opinion what they may want for the game they may say no we want it okay you, you do it um, that's the key word we always use is appropriateness really isn't yes. it yes. What, what is appropriate, What's appropriate for, for the game, game? Uh, do you want I mean a lot of the time you're writing a, a piece and it's going to be played a lot over and over if it's not adaptive you don't want something too grandiose in your face because it's going to get very, exactly. very, you know, very, very repetitive. Um, I do think that a lot of it, you know, the, the almost stereotypical thing, but the indie scene has a lot of scope for allowing people experimentation, yeah. which is really, really good. It's allowing people to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do or create sounds that wouldn't otherwise be created. Mm. Um, There's definitely a lot of freedom in the indie sector, isn't there? Yeah. I, for me, the biggest the biggest thing is having uh, particularly game audio is having a, a if you've got a, a story a narrative then you can having the music kind of tie in with that narrative is quite important and some games are less narrative based on others and I think that yeah. is quite an important link uh, and again ties in with the sort of more Hollywood experience you've got a, a very story being told there so I, mean, I suppose the bottom line for me is that um, I don't think there should be a, a a proper separation. I don't think it ever should be considered. I think what's right for the game should be right. If that's big in Hollywood, great. If it's something, if it's a bit chip tune, great. Yeah. You know what? It's provides. something we shouldn't drift away from or pursue. No. It's just whatever suits the game. Whatever basically. suits the game, and if it needs that sound, then go for it. I mean, there is a, a lot. I think the the ability to have cheap cheaper tools. I mean, you know, you can get a recording studio quite cheaply for what back yeah. in the day you need five, six figure sums. These days, you can get a really good sample string library for few hundred pounds and computers are kind of made expense but then you can produce those kind of scores yeah just because you can have those sounds doesn't mean you should should yeah. should always use them <laughs> in that way i suppose so yeah that's the thing fantastic well thanks for speaking to us we're no, looking no forward to trying out tango fiesta as well as the uh, <laughs> numerous others that you've composed <laughs> yeah. for and we're going to be doing a full audio review of tango fiesta later on excellent so look forward to it thanks again